Well, we can um, we can do what I said before about the anti-inflammatory diet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that you prefer certain foods, you stay away from certain foods, and then you you exercise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, you hydrate enough. Yes. Yeah, uh, and this is something we we always forget. Yeah. Welcome to Forever Young, the health and well-being podcast from Lanzerhof. My name is Mario Pedazzoli, and in every episode, join me in conversation with a variety of health experts and special guests as we explore what it means to live well. We may not find the secret to eternal youth, but join me on our quest as we explore just what it means to live a balanced, healthy, and happy life. Hello again, and welcome. Well, after the glorious weekend we have just had, we can safely say that spring has well and truly sprung. We can look forward to sunnier skies, the dawn chorus, tree blossom and blooming flowers. But maybe not everyone looks forward to spring. Whilst the season brings great joy to many of us, for others, the huge release of pollen can only mean one thing, the start of pollen allergies and the hay fever season. And for those of us affected, and that is one in four of us in fact, the symptoms we are only too aware of include inflammation, wheezing, itching, runny noses, sneezing, as well as watery and sore eyes. So how can we tackle pollen allergies? And are there any lifestyle changes we can make to help alleviate and manage these symptoms? Well, to help us make sense of it all is our special guest today, Dr. Ursula Levine. And Dr. Levine is, of course, a familiar face to many listening to today's show, currently practicing full-time here at Lanzerhof at the Arts Club as our lead GP. Dr. Ursula Levine qualified in medicine at the University of Vienna with more than 30 years of clinical experience. Ursula is also a fully qualified FX Meyer medicine doctor and practitioner, with Ursula's expertise founded upon both Western and Oriental medicine. In 2019, Ursula graduated with distinction as a Master of Public Health. She is a qualified doctor of psychosomatic medicine and a trauma therapist. And here at Lanzhoff at the Arts Club, Ursula works with individual patients, supporting them in accessing the best preventive and solutions-focused treatments available. Ursula regularly writes and broadcasts on fasting and supplementation for health, preventive medicine, trauma, medical stress management, gut health, and inflammation. Well, having said all of that, I'm not sure we could have a more qualified expert in this subject. So, Ursula, welcome to the show. Hi, Mario. Thank you for your nice introduction. My absolute pleasure. Now, this is the first in our Feel Well series. So, let me ask, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling wonderful. The sun is shining. I'm in my place, I'm my favorite place of work. So, what can go wrong? <laughs> exactly. Yes, the sun is shining, which probably leads us to the the main topic of today's podcast. Um, we know we're approaching hay fever season and that pollen allergy affects one in four of us every year. So um, maybe in your own words, what is hay fever and, and what are the symptoms? 
So hay fever is a common allergic reaction that occurs at particular times of the year. It is known as seasonal rhinitis and it's sharing symptoms with uh, symptoms that go all year round allergic rhinitis. Yeah? So it has a reaction to pollen from grass, trees and weeds during specific months and it can affect both adults and children unfortunately. The term hay fever interestingly enough derives from a widespread misconception in the 19th century mm. that the smell of hay irritates the body. And But as you said hay fever can have many symptoms um, so the sneezing and the itchy, runny or blocked nose as well, which we call allergic rhinitis or itchy, red and watering eyes, which is an inflammation of the eyes, mm. wheezing, chest tightness, shortness of breath and a cough or raised itchy and red rash, which are hives. And then it can go as far as swollen lips or tongues, eyes or face. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what happens when we have an allergy or with hay fever is that basically the allergy starts when our immune system mistakes a normally harmless substance for a dangerous invader. Mm -hmm. And then a massive reaction occurs. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, for those that are affected, and um, it really can be quite a miserable existence, um, we probably all know someone who uh, is affected by hay fever or, in fact, um, has suffered or currently suffers with hay fever. And that's another question in itself we'll probably come to later about how, over time, people's symptoms uh, seem to alleviate. But why do only some people react to pollen and why do some people react worse than others? Well, the short answer is we don't know. The long answer is there are numerous hypotheses uh, suggesting possible reasons. The first one is the so-called hygiene hypothesis. The kernel of the theory is that we have become too clean in nowadays society. It was first presented in the 1980s by uh, a British professor who found out that children in larger households with more siblings had a lower incidence of allergies. Yeah. So growing up in a big family where there is a lot of sharing and uh, playing together and being outside, that creates a sort of healthy microbiome and a healthy environment for your uh, immune system. Mm. The second theory is called the farm effect, which is basically the same, but that was uh, a study done with with an Amish community where people live, you know, with the land, you know, in in barns in 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 the countryside, and these people were much healthier, or the children were much healthier than children who grew up in the city who did not have you know contact to the earth or to sand pits, mm. yeah, um, and obviously farm animals as well, yeah, mm. and. The, uh, the other hypothesis is the, the status of our microbiome, but we'll probably come to that a little bit later when we talk about you know, our healthy lifestyle. The microbiome in our gut, it's what we mean, yeah, uh, which are trillions of gut bacteria that live with us, basically for us, if we don't disturb them by our lifestyle. Mm. Yeah? So your point earlier, um, is that the case that we can potentially live too clean and too sterile an existence and our immune system isn't 
able to cope with it as well as a result. Yes, absolutely. And this is probably two factors. First of all, that it, it, we become too clean and we eliminate certain factors in our microbiome that don't live without anymore or the, the balance is disturbed. And the second is that we don't expose ourselves to factors where we actually can train our immune system. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then obviously with the cleaning material, which are which contains toxins per se. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we shouldn't worry too much if we're not too obsessed about our own cleanliness and hygiene, because actually there are some strength in our immune system that can be derived as a result. Absolutely. Okay. Um, and I think there is a distinction as well. Pollen allergies can come from flowers, trees, grass. Do people typically suffer from one type of pollen or all types? How does this work? Well, unfortunately, there is no typical profile. Yeah, so you can you can be allergic to one kind of pollen or you can be allergic to more kinds of pollens or different sources. So the the allergy that you acquire can be by substances that you inhale, mm. that you come in contact with or you ingest. So there are uh, allergies that you have from substances that you inhale or that you eat, for instance, mm. yeah, or you come in contact with. Yeah, this is, for instance, when you have a food allergy for nuts and you have um, a treatment in a spa with an, uh, a cream or an ointment that contains that nut, you, ha you will have a, an, a, most likely have an allergic reaction, mm -hmm. although the, the, the sort of the contact is a different one. Yeah. So what you said is actually true that one out of four people are affected by allergies yeah that equates to 16 million people yeah that that's quite a lot not yeah. to be sneezed at sorry yeah, so that's a bad joke sorry <laughs> absolutely and what we are actually at the moment experiencing is a sort of second wave of allergies yeah there was a first wave of allergies about 50 years ago with you know where the, the pollution in the cities yeah were was were much more uh rampant uh and mm. and uh less well managed as it is now yeah mm. and so are there presumably different times of year um, relate to the different types of pollen that are out there? So what are the key times of year for each? Yeah. So the tree pollen occurs first. That's late March to mid-May mm. most of the time. And it affects about 25% of people who suffer from hay fever. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the grass pollen um, that has actually two peaks because it can be uh, uh, flowering twice, yeah, uh, is between mid-May until July, mm -hmm. yeah. And then we have the wheat pollen uh, that is typically end of June to September, yeah. But there was a, um, between a big study in the US, yeah, between 1995 and 2011, where they measured uh, temperatures. And the warmer temperatures have actually caused the pollen season to be 11 to 27 days longer than it used to be. Yeah. Mm. And there is one thing that we, we don't have here, which uh, is in the US, it's the poison uh, ivy. And that's a big factor. Yeah. So not, not everything affects us. Right. So if you're particularly unlucky the hay fever season if you like um or the pollen allergy season can last four or five months every year absolutely yeah 
and that affects our our quality of life, right? Yes, enormously. Yeah. I would say. Um, how do you recognize the symptoms um, of the allergies? Uh, is there anything particular that stands out for you? Well, you know, sometimes it starts just with uh, runny eyes, red eyes, mm. sneezing and the such like. Yeah. But it can become quite intense that you can't breathe really. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and you have you have problems um, with your lung function. Mm. Yeah. Uh, and we are. We are still strictly talking about in, inhalants, yeah. So we are still strictly talking about the, the hay fever. I mean, it becomes more tricky when we talk then about about allergens in food, mm -hmm. yeah. Yes, yeah. I'm not yeah. Sure that's, an, that's another podcast entirely, I would imagine. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so we talk about the you know, runny nose, sneezing, yeah. um, puffiness, um, but what's what's happening to the immune system there when, when it's reacting? What's actually going on? So the, the reaction is that when you uh, come in contact with an allergen, you produce something that's called immunoglobulin E. It's called IgE. And each of these IgE, these are antibodies. Mm -hmm. And these antibodies are literally sort of acting in the background. So when you come in contact with an allergen the first time, these IgEs are produced but nothing really happens. But when you come in contact with that allergy in a second time, these IgEs have sort of um, connected themselves to so-called mast cells, mm -hmm. which contain inflammatory um, agents that then actually, once you come in contact the second time, are exposed uh, or are exploding in the system. Mm. So what I call, you know, um, collo in colloquially, we would call it a, like a hysterical reaction that mm. is created of the immune system. And that c can be quite massive. Yeah. So it, the immune system is effectively attacking the allergen um, mistakenly. Yes, yeah. exactly. Because for some people, uh, it's 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 a harmless substance, mm. no? Because mm. pollen per se are not toxic. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, and so it's causing inflammation. Um, and, and, and what are the best ways that we can reduce this inflammation in the body? Well, there are a few things. I mean, when you know that you are allergic, yeah, you can obviously uh, do preventative measures. Yeah. Mm. So when when patients come to see me and, and they have allergies, yeah, there is a lot to do. And I always say, unfortunately, there is only so much I can do, but the ball is in your court. You have to, to deal with your lifestyle. Yeah. Mm. And then we talk a lot about diet. Yeah, mm -hmm. we talk a lot about nutrition and I give them a nicely uh, created leaflet about anti-inflammatory diet or anti-inflammatory lifestyle because there are triggers that tri or substances that trigger inflammation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Smoking, alcohol intake. Yeah. Um, and we're talking about something that you can't change from from the outside mm. yeah uh in the sense of that you are responsible yourself yeah and food wise yeah there are certain foods to be prefer preferred like oily fish or the fruit palette you know with all that the colors mm -hmm. vegetables yeah including the green leafy uh, um, uh, vegetables and then uh, as i said the foods to avoid i mean no processed foods, no foods with added sugar or salt, yeah, the processed carbs or snacking, yeah, and and obviously the alcohol, yeah. 
So, okay, so that's the, the, the prevention approach. Yes. Which, um, you're obviously advocating, but Absolutely. are you saying by making those dietary and lifestyle changes, you know, what you're intaking, avoiding smoking, that would reduce, in this case, hay fever symptoms? Absolutely. Absolutely it would. Mm. And obviously, I mean, not when you when you just start, yeah, mm. when the allergy season starts, you would need, and uh, we discussed it previously, uh, you would need to start in, if you have a seasonal allergy in spring, you would need to start in, in uh, the autumn before. Yeah, yeah so six so, months prior yeah, at least. To, to prepare your, mm. your system for mm-hmm. what is coming, yeah. And do you have success stories uh, with your patients that uh, where, where you've seen these symptoms? Absolutely, alleviated? absolutely. And, uh, you know, the thing is that... Uh, all these m- moderations in your lifestyle, they take time to to sort to of... Kick in to bed. kick in, mm. exactly, thank you. Uh, and the further away you are from your optimal health, the longer it takes. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah. Yes. So it's, it's you know, we have to take all this into account, yeah? Mm. So it's a life's work, <laughs> really. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Uh, let, let's throw in another curveball because, of course, air quality is um, variable um, across the country, and and obviously in urban big cities, um, pollution is a is a is a major factor. Um, and is there a link um, between severity of symptoms and and air quality as well? Absolutely. In the UK, um, air pollution is the fourth biggest health risk. Yeah, with uh, three hundred and sixty thousand people affected by air pollution, mm. yeah, health-wise. And there is something called, uh, I mean, I really like that, it's called a trap. It's the traffic-related air pollutant, <laughs> yeah. So we are all exposed to the traps uh, daily, I, I yeah. I've heard that before. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And obviously in agriculture as well with the with the, the emissions and the new, the new enemy on the horizon are the incinerators, yeah. Oh. Because we're burning our rubbish, yes. yeah. But where where does that go? Yeah, I mean, we you see the high, you call it chimneys, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But it's in the air, and mm-hmm. in these new incinerators that have been built, yeah, the the air quality is horrendous, yeah. And they're built out out of the city because the air pollution in the city is already bad. Yeah, so right. these incinerators are built somewhere in a nice countryside, and that air pollution is really is really bad. Yeah, and then obviously we have the the diesel exhaust particles as well. Yeah, but yes, which we mistakenly for yeah a generation thought that was better than absolutely than, than yeah we we pushed for diesel mm. yeah yeah and we know we know that if a baby is exposed to air pollution. Uh, in in the first year, it it has a very high risk of developing an allergy. Goodness. Yeah. So this is this is really really tragic. Yeah. Um, and okay. So so w- what you're saying is those that live in the city, having to deal with hay fever or pollen allergies, plus with a combination of, of pollution as well, yeah, their symptoms will be far worse. Absolutely. And there is the second one. Um, it's the indoor pollution. Yeah, mm. The indoor pollution is secondhand smoke. Oh. 
okay. I mean, I'm a child of the 60s. I was mm. exposed my whole childhood mm. to to this secondhand smoking, yeah? And that really, we know that there are, you know, there is lots of research where we mm. can prove that there is a, a connection between adult onset asthma, yeah? Mm. And, and secondhand smoke, but not only the, the secondhand smoke, but building materials, yeah, new furniture, fresh paint, dust mites, mold spores, and and pet, pet dander. Pet dander, as in dandruff. From yes, pets. exactly. Yeah, it's not it's not only the hair, but it's it's literally the dandruff. Yeah. Goodness, it's all around us, Ursula. Yes, absolutely. We're doomed. Uh, no we're not but no we're not because (laughs) is this an old wives tale Um, does local honey help build immunity to local pollen you know this is this is really interesting we know we know from uh, well researched honeys uh, there are three and uh, three and we know we know the the best known is probably manuka honey yeah Mm. manuka honey uh, is a New Zealand honey it's actually a European New Zealand because it's it's actually um, the honey is produced by European bees. Yeah, so it's a joint venture between New Zealand and <laughs> Europe. <laughs> but there are two two types of Malaysian honey, the Tuolang and the Galem, and they have shown uh, a very high number of polyphenols. And polyphenols are substances that are produced by plants, which have scientifically proven effect. Of inflama- uh, on inflammation, they are antioxidant, they're antimicrobial and, and anti-allergic. Yeah? Mm-hmm. What we know from the manuka honey is um, that it modulates. And remember when we said the IgE uh, attaches itself to the mast cells, mm-hmm. which then release and create havoc. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the manuka honey modulates actually the mast cell response. So we know yeah. So when we talk about the local honey, um, there is the theory that when you take the honey from the local pollen that you might be allergic to, that when you take a little bit of this honey, that you actually modulate your immune response by literally training your immune system to these little doses of the pollen. However, there is not enough research out there uh, yet, um, but it, it makes sense, yeah, the, mm. the immunization, yeah, because when we uh, will speak about the, the therapies, the immunization, yeah, mm. uh, in various ways has, has a big um, mm-hmm. importance, yeah. So, so honey is, is a natural antihistamine. Effectively, would you say? No, you can't. You can't say that. Yeah, it has it has anti-inflammatory properties. Mm. Yeah, not only when you eat it, but mm. also when you put it locally. Yeah, oh. so on wounds so that apply it topically you you apply it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and there are I've just uh, read um, research where you you actually inhale it yeah in mm. inhalers but that is obviously just in 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 experimental states mm. yeah and uh talking of allergic responses um separately but pet allergies um is your immune system responding in in, in the same way with with pet allergies as it does with with pollen allergies absolutely absolutely 
the the, the biochemical um, cascade is always the same. Mm. Yeah. And similarly, would changes in lifestyle help that too? Yeah, absolutely. And obviously with pets, it's a little bit, you, if you're allergic to one pet's dander, doesn't mean you are allergic to the other pet's dander. Mm. Yeah. And sometimes it has it even to do with the pet's age. Mm. Yeah. So kittens, the, the dander might not make you so allergic than from a grown-up cat, for instance. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then it depends uh, where are you? Do you meet that animal outside? Yeah. Or is it inside? So you, you acquire your little kitten, your cute kitten, everything's fine. And it's only later you, that the problems might start. Yeah. Happen, happened to me in the past. It has. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is very sad. Mm-hmm. Um, talking of antihistamine, you mentioned earlier, that they're, they're widely used to help with allergies and hay fever in particular. Is there any alternative medicine to use instead of traditional medicine? you'd also recommend to help reduce symptoms? Yeah, I mean, let's not forget the antihistamines are not the only medication, yeah? Mm. They're like chemical medication. There are the corticosteroids uh, and there's also biologics, yeah? And they are quite new on the horizon. Biologics are uh, produced uh, natural sources uh, produced uh, with DNA technology and they could be They are proteins mostly uh, from blood. They are vaccines. You might have heard of um, uh, bioidentical hormone replacements. These are all biologic substances. Mm. So they have been they have been quite quite a success with these biologics for certain people for certain allergies. Mm. And then we have the immunotherapy. Yeah, the immunotherapy. What we call in colloquial terms allergy shots. Yeah, so you get tiny little amounts of the the allergen. Yeah, in uh, over a period of time, around three to five years. So you have an allergy shot. Um, I think they start um, with a very strict regime, and then you have them once a month, and then once every year. Yeah, um, and that. That sort of helps with your with your immune response. Mm. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of uh, you know in the in the high courts in the 17th century when people were very worried about uh, arsenic poisoning. Yeah, that someone poisons you with arsenic, mm-hmm. so um, people would take tiny bits of arsenic to prepare themselves. Yeah, yeah? and um, it worked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then obviously what what my favorite approach is, yeah, additionally to all the the medication that we can give, uh is the functional approach, mm. yeah, where where we look at nutritional deficiencies and supplementation, yeah, which helps with the lifestyle, yeah. And we talk especially about well, the big favorite is vitamin D, vitamin C, selenium, zinc, magnesium, mm-hmm. yeah, and omega-3 supplements. And these nutrients then enhance the natural production of glutathione, yeah, mm-hmm. which is uh, a powerful antioxidant, which reduces inflammation. And that's, for instance, in, in our IV treatments. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's one, one of, of the most popular uh, ingredients and what we know is that when we 
go down this functional approach that we we actually influence the biochemical reaction by boosting the immune system and we boost cells that are called Treg or T regulatory cells which are part of the immune system and they have really they function as a switch for the immune cascade yeah mm. so unwanted inflammatory responses can literally be toned down yeah and then uh, I personally work with uh, a method that's called microimmunotherapy where we give low-dose immune messengers, so part of an inflammatory cascade, as a toning down agent for the immune system. Mm. Yeah. So these are capsules that you take every morning over three to six months. To And these are not only preventative measures. Yeah. This would be... Um, as a as a proper therapy yeah mm. in case yeah so for a patient coming to see you for the first time ursula maybe let, let's look at that yeah um that uh believes he or she is an allergy sufferer um particularly with hay fever for example um how do you go about assessing the patient and uh and, and what tests do they go through before you can then prescribe um, yeah. changes in lifestyle or medicine yeah so most people who come to see me um, have a suspicion. And sadly enough, I say that most of the patients who have uh, allergies um, are underdiagnosed. Yeah. Mm. So they have been treated for lots of other things, but not for allergies. Yeah. Um, most of the time I send patients to special institutes to do the skin prick test. SPTs, mm -hmm. where you literally get little scratches of the allergens and it's tested um, if you are allergic to certain substances. And that can include inhalants, so for hay fever mm -hmm. or food or cat or animal dander, that is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, and these are scratches. So for kids, that would be the, the back would be used and for adults, the lower arm. Uh, but uh, I think in the past, the, the blood tests have literally taken over the skin prick test. In mm -hmm. a, yeah. And we do we perform blood tests. Um, we have lots of panels from different allergens. So some are strictly for food allergens, some are uh, for inhalants or for animals. So we can we can then and this is what I like is that we create the bespoke diagnostics. Mm. Yeah. And obviously it involves a long in long conversation. Patient, our patients all get a questionnaire sent where they send in their medical history. So I have a pretty good idea what we're talking about beforehand and can prepare the, mm. the proper tests then. Yeah. Mm. And and some some patients so they don't know that they're allergic and some sometimes uh, they think they're allergic but they have an intolerance, which is another ballgame altogether. Uh, yeah? Yes, which of course there is a distinction there. Yes, the yeah. So what I called before the allergic reaction, the, the hysterical response of the immune system, mm -hmm. the intolerance means literally that, that you're basically lacking an enzyme to break down certain substances in mm. your body that can create uh, a delayed response. Yeah, doesn't necessarily mean it's it's not as um, 
strong, yeah. So it doesn't mean it's harmless, yeah. Mm. Uh, but it's a it's a different biochemical uh, reaction, yeah. Mm. So important to understand. The yeah, it's important to understand, and it's uh, it it involves a completely different therapy, mm. yeah, because um, with the with the intolerances is basically uh, apart from certain enzymes that you can give as treatment is the elimination diet. I mean, obviously, that's part of a food intolerance, uh, food allergy treatment as well. Mm. Yeah. I mean, if you're allergic to nuts, uh, you better stay away from the nuts. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, And so in all cases, can you help in this you know, in this testing procedure with the results come back, you can always help? Well, we can definitely always alleviate the symptoms, yeah? But it depends really when do patients come and a little bit, I have to say, you know, are the patients ready to change their lifestyle? Mm. Yeah? Are they staying away from alcohol or are they... uh, To reduce inflammation, it's also, you know, to reduce the stress, yeah, and this is a big topic in my <laughs> consultations because how how do you work with the stress? Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, we all went through difficult two years. Yeah, and when you're responsible for a big company and you have five thousand employees, I mean, uh, I appreciate that you are stressed, mm-hmm. but that might not help with your symptoms. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then I always tend to to work with patients. You know. Um, where are your resources? So I'm not only looking at the bad things, but at the good things. Mm. So as you said in the beginning, what do we appreciate about this day? It's nice weather. And that, mm. that, makes, that made us both smile, right? Yes. So, I mean, there are the little things, yeah? But as, as always in life, the, 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 little, the little things are sometimes, you know, the best things. Do yeah? you get frustrated with those that don't always follow... Uh, your your advice uh, well you know as you said before i've been in this for more than 30 years frustration i, w- I wouldn't say f- frustrated but it's it's uh i think the patients are more frustrated with themselves mm. because they know they have to come in and tell me the truth because i will find out <laughs> anyway yeah uh, and, and what about the other side of the coin those patients that that do follow your advice and you see real progress that must be its own reward yes it is it is uh, i mean sometimes i don't see them again which is good right mm-hmm. yeah because when you don't see, don't need the doctor yes. uh, but at the at, at, you know i get then nice letters or i get you know we next time i see the patients we talk about something else and i say ah oh, that's part of the past yeah mm-hmm. and that's the best thing yeah let's talk about um this is more anecdotal but you you'll have heard a lot of your patients and amongst our peer groups as well, that with age, um, hay fever seems to alleviate itself or it doesn't seem to be as strong uh, with the passing of time. Is that, is that true? What's your uh, view on that? Uh, it's, it's partly true and partly not true because it can change. Yeah? Mm. I mean, with age, our immune system gets a little bit tired yeah, that means our responses might not be as accentuated as they were when we were young. But at the same time, uh, you can develop allergies uh, all of a sudden out of the blue. Mm. Yeah, so there is literally we are all different, and uh, there is there is no rule, unfortunately. Mm. Yeah, and of course, pollen. Um, it, well, it, as an allergy, it's an airborne allergy. Um, would it be right, therefore, that 
um, when it is wet and damp, that alleviates uh, the symptoms or, or, or not? Uh, well, that's that's part uh, partly true for some of them. Yeah. Mm. So if wind blows pollen in the air, uh, you know, dry and windy days, yeah, uh, would be worse for you. Mm. Yeah. So. Of course, a, a rainy and a humid day would be fine for these pollen allergies, yeah. Mm. But if you are allergic to mold, yeah, mm. uh, a rainy or humid day is makes everything worse. No escape. No, no, no escape, yeah. And dust mites, yeah. Um, sometimes, you know, I always say, how often do you change the air filter of your air conditioning in your car? Mm. Yeah. And what about if you're a frequent flyer? Mm. Yeah. So what about the air conditioning in <coughs> enclosed environments? Yeah. And then obviously cold air can be a problem. Yeah. Because the lung is a very sensitive organ and it, it's literally, it has a direct contact to the outer world. It's the only Sense, you know, organ that has a direct contact and mm. inner organ, yeah. Mm. So it's very affected by cold air, yeah. So when patients have asthma, they might be affected, you know. The crisp, cold winter air is actually not very healthy for the lung because it's too dry, yeah. Mm. And then we have the heat, obviously, you know, ozone ramping, yeah, uh, that could trigger asthma attacks yeah and um in winter you have all the indoor allergens yeah mm. like the pet pet dander and the dust mites yeah so doomed if you do and doomed if you don't <laughs> it seems yeah well we won't leave it at that yeah um, no because of course um as you've said throughout um there's there's so many things we can do and so here we are in in march uh, uh at the time of this recording and I appreciate we haven't had the six months that you recommend to make the lifestyle and dietary changes. Um, but what can we be doing now in the run up to the season otherwise? Well, we can um, we can do what I said before about the anti-inflammatory diet. Mm. Yeah, that you prefer certain foods, you stay away from certain foods and then you you exercise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, you hydrate enough. Yeah. Uh, and this is something we we always forget. Yeah. You check your micronutrient. Yeah. What you need. And um, there are beautiful tests where we can find out what exactly you need and what helps you with the detox. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then practice good sleep hygiene. Yeah. Mm. And so these these are the 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 most you know, the, literally the common sense recommendations. Yes. Yeah. Then obviously you have personalized supplementation and and medication. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And as in treatments, um, with the we offer we work with an oral supplement where we create bespoke supplements. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, that that patients get in on a three month cycle. They have blood tests every three months, and then they get another supplement. Yeah. Because obviously when they need different micronutrients in spring when they are allergic other than, than later on in the year. Mm. And we have the IV treatments um, where we add as well as other 
like high dose vitamin C that is highly anti-inflammatory, the glutathione, which is the major antioxidant. And we can we can create tailor-made inf- uh, infusions or IV treatments mm-hmm. for your gut health and for the gut health um, as well. Rather, we have um, supplements where we nourish the microbiome, which is very important to fend off inflammation or allergies in that case. Um, we we have the possibility to offer cryoth- whole uh, body cryotherapy, which has a massive impact on inflammation, mm-hmm. and it has a very strong addictive effect. Yeah, mm-hmm. because you can get really used to it. Um, and the endorphins at the end are wonderful. Absolutely, I always say it's like having a bottle of champagne under the skin. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> without the hangover the next day. Absolutely, and. Um, we have uh, ozone therapy where we uh, incorporate uh, ozone into uh, IV treatments. Mm. And we have um, our newest uh, um, project and our newest uh, item is the hyperbaric oxygen therapy where we reduce inflammation and um um, where it's proven that it's also uh, it increases the wound healing, mm-hmm. yeah. And then I, with the team, we create a bespoke package, yeah, where we um, recommend a certain amount of of treatments that literally create a bespoke package for each patient. I think that's the the watchword here. It is all highly personalized and bespoke, isn't it? Yeah. Um, everything that you do here. Yeah. There is no one size fits all, and and this is something that that we have to learn and we always have to remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So for uh, anyone listening who uh, indeed would like to make an appointment to see Ursula, um, please email lanzerhoff at theartsclub.co.uk, and. Uh, uh, and as Ursula has, has mentioned, we have a great number of services here that um, can be put together in a personalized bespoke plan um, to help alleviate symptoms and, uh, and, and manage uh, the condition. Um, Ursula, it's always inspiring talking to you and listening to you. Thank you. Uh, and thank you for this advice today. Um, how would you like to leave it? What, what last piece of advice would you like to leave um, our listeners with? It's, it's never too late to change. Very well said. Um, And on that note, thank you so much. Enjoy the sunshine. Thank you. You too. And uh, thanks for having me. Oh, my pleasure. And uh, we'll see you very soon. Cheers, Ursula. Thank you. Bye.